Hello, and welcome to the Talking Heads podcast. This is Dave Michaels, and today, Evan and I will be asking Jason Gecki, what's next? Hello, this is Dave Michaels. Welcome to a new edition of Talking Heads. We are switching to a podcast format. Hello, Evan. How are you? I'm great. Really excited about uh, the audio format and not having to look at you on video, I must say. Yes, it's that just is more, one of the things that was actually a really good point. We don't have to look at each other, or more importantly, you don't have to look at me, and, I, and that is one of, the, one of the top reasons why we're switching to this podcast format. Um, well, the world's moving to audio, so yeah, it's the audio world, so we thought we'd uh, keep up with the uh, trend here. Isn't that weird, though? I mean, I mean, I mean, I agree with you. Obviously, that audio seems to be more universal. People can listen to it in their cars and stuff. But you would have, you know, every image of the future from Star Trek, whatever. It's always video-based communications. Always video-based communication. I mean, it, it, it's, but but clearly the well, the, the reality the reality is it's a multitasking, distracted world, and people listen all day, but they don't stare at a video all day. They're Video short chunks, but definitely uh, podcasting is the way to go for long form. Actually, all of us are highly focused. You're the one that can't seem to sit still. You're the multitasker in person. Yes, I am. I'm twitching now because I'm not tweeting, so I must get back to my uh, smartphone. Okay. So we got a great guest today. We got Jason Gecki, uh, most recently from, uh, from uh, Cisco. He was the uh, VP and general manager of WebEx Teams. He got to Cisco through acquisition when, uh, when the collaboration unit acquired Tropo. He was the CEO of Tropo, which was actually previously known as Voxio Labs, which was the Voxio R&D division that got spun out about 10 years ago. And that's actually where I met him, I believe. So uh, we got, uh, Jason, uh, and Jason is a, uh, is a geek. I mean, this guy, this guy is uh, one, of the, one, of the, one of the more technical geeks in the industry that i know i'm really looking forward to talking to him about that and we'll find out a lot about uh, sushi what are you gonna what are you gonna what, what do you want to talk to jason about evan well we're really birds of a feather i want to find out about his gadgets and what he's working on and uh he's kind of a big deal where he's going next so i look forward to hearing from him all right well with that welcome to talking heads jason great thanks for having me here today dave uh you know, I think we met each other. I, I'm trying to figure out when I met you. I think I met you when you were just spinning out of Voxio, a thing called Voxio Labs, which is what became Tropo. Uh, so, so let's start off with Voxio, actually, because Voxio was kind of a, uh, a pretty interesting company, and they were showing some stuff that just seems so obvious that still never came about. Now, for those that don't know, Voxio was acquired by Aspect. But one of the things, what, what I'm referring to specifically is, I remember an example, and you, this wasn't you, Jason, but this was a Voxio. Uh, they had this example where you could rent a car uh, by, by texting a car rental company, and they knew, the car rental company knew your, your phone number, and you would basically, they knew your city code, you knew your flight, and you texted a flight number, and they would have a car ready for you. And that just seems so obvious to me. Why didn't that ever materialize? I mean, it was just a proof of concept of Voxio, but that was like, I don't know, eight years ago, and I, and I still yep. can't rent a car that easily. What do you think happened to that technology? Yeah, so yeah, I, I believe that is exactly about the time we met. So that was what, probably six years ago now, roughly, uh, when, when we were doing that. And, you know, the technology has been there and people are beginning to use it now. The issue has always been the, the large organizations and their ability to adapt to what's possible. So uh, you could do a great demo and you could do a great uh, proof of concept, 
the back end system still provided a, a wall and actually realizing those things within car rental companies and the like. So, so then, so Voxio Labs, which is where you came in, I think you never worked at Voxio, right? You, you came in right to Voxio Labs. No, I actually came into Voxio about two years before we spun Voxio Labs out. So okay. I uh, had an open source project. We'd spun it into Voxio and then had the idea of building up Voxio Labs and Tropo with the intent of always spinning it out. So, so Tropo was, you know, basically Tropo and Twilio were pretty much the first CPaaS type of companies. And, you know, Twilio is now, what, a $6.5 billion uh, company. So what went wrong? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we started almost at the exact same time. It was 10 years ago. In fact, uh, I was watching uh, Jeff's keynote at Signal where he referenced it was their 10-year anniversary this year. And, and, and as I look at my journey, it's been a 10-year journey as well. Uh, and what we did is we took the route of actually selling to Cisco just over three years ago, about three and a half years ago now. And there were a whole myriad of structural issues we had in terms of what we were doing at the time and how we would go and raise venture capital, uh, how our board was uh, seeing how things should work, and ultimately what the management team wanted to do. And we found a great fit with Cisco at the time uh, with Rowan Troll up in the team and the things that they wanted to do. And we've come in, we've actually knocked a lot out of the park with them over time. And, uh, you know, I've, I've seen some success there after the acquisition. And Cisco just shut down Tropo. Yep. And the, the issue for Cisco was they, they had the similar issue with Spark Call that led to the acquisition of Broadsoft, where they don't want to be a regulated entity. And therefore, we had a lot of uh, friction in terms of actually getting into the Cisco sales machine uh, with the type of business model that a Tropo or a Twilio has. Uh, so it was really structural, again, kind of going back to what happened to those technologies for the car rental company. The big, large organizations have a problem adapting to some of the new business models that you need to be able to approach. So, Jason, I want to thank you for participating on this podcast. And I wanted to clarify to our audience that uh, it's generally not cool to be talking about your most recent employer. So Evan and I will not be asking you a lot of questions about Cisco. We won't be asking, for example, about Rowan's departure or Amy coming or Jonathan leaving or the Cisco Broadsoft integration or how the uh, Spark Innovation Fund is going or the rebranding of Spark or OJ leaving or any of that stuff. That's all kind of off limits. We're going to be talking about what's next. So, Jason, my big question for you is I have $10,000 to invest. Do I save up for the Slack IPO next year? Or do I go double down on Twilio, given where their stock is? You know, where do I put my money in this space? That's what I want to know. And I'm, I'm sort of being the, the Jim Cramer of the communication space here. But You're not being the Jim Cramer. You're, Jim Cramer gives advice. You're giving questions. Oh, okay. I'm asking. I'm, I, I'm the wannabe Jim Cramer. So you're Jim Cramer. Tell me where to put my money. Where, where do I bet my money on this whole space? And you can't say Cisco or you know, big publicly traded companies that we all know. I want to pure play CPAS slash API slash AI slash messaging stock. Uh, where, do, where do I go? Yeah. So, you know, full disclosure, I'm, I, I tend to invest at the macro level rather than the micro level. So I may not have the best advice there. And I well, I like losing money. I, I like big right? bets. Well, there you yes. Go. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, taking it for the spirit of what the question is, I see there's few, uh, uh, the incumbent player Twilio in the CPAS space. I think they're still a good investment. I think they're going places. I think they're, they're acquiring the right talent. Uh, they realize that they need to branch out into multiple businesses in order to grow and maintain that growth. So I think there is a good investment there. But at the same time, you're seeing nascent players coming out like SignalWire, which just launched here recently as well, getting back into that kind of pure play space and doing things 
that can be done differently now than what you may have done 10 years ago when Twilio started from an architectural and business model perspective. And they don't have some of the old vestiges there that even Twilio does as a de decade old company as well. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting question, Evan, but, but stock prices are such a hard thing to call because there's so many factors there. But I, I think, I think uh, along those same lines, I, I, Jason, what do you think has, who do you think has a brighter future, Twilio or Slack? You know, forget about the stock price, but just with the company growth. Well, in, in my experience, the, the valuation that's going to get hit out of the park is going to be when you have users, the end users are game, and it's going to be Slack. And I have that experience because WhatsApp was a big original user of Tropo and Twilio in the early days as we were platform players, but they were out doing user acquisition and look at their valuation. I think that's where Slack has the edge because it's really a whole different space than what Twilio or even Tropo were going after and you're after user acquisition at that point. What, what, what did, did you did you happen to catch Twilio's? Uh, you, you said you said you were you watched the keynote uh, at the Signal conference. Um, did you did you have any take on that? What they what they're presenting is application platform. They said the software the software industry is evolving from premises based to CPaaS or or software as a service to application platform is the next iteration. Did, do you agree with that? Does that make sense to you? Uh, you know, a couple of things. In watching the keynote, there was some dissonance in what they were saying. So Jeff did a great job of painting a, a, a long vision of, of the application platform, talking about frame and the REST APIs and being able to mix and match your own things. And then watching Al Cook come on and talk about Flex, he kind of shifted the discussion to a premise SaaS discussion. And they're two very different things, right? So I, I didn't quite follow exactly where they were going with that. But from a a mix and match and, and programmability, of course there's room for that. I'm a big advocate of APIs and being able to work things into your own workflow. But I think there is, in, in terms of where Twilio is going with that with Flex, there is a limitation in terms of the addressable market. It's gonna to tend to be your line of business or your shadow IT groups, not your core IT. And it's not gonna be your mid-market to SMB that don't have those kind of resources anyways. So it's gonna be when you feel you have a special enough application and it's worth the total cost of ownership to mix and match it yourself, You'll go to something like Twilio, there is a market for it, but it almost feels more like a long tail market than the big market that's going to take time to penetrate that a Genesis has with Pure Cloud or a 5.9 or these that are well established with the, the mid market up. And the mid market in SMB just wants an application and they're focused on features, not on programmability. What, what I found interesting about the way, the way Jeff presented that application platform was it was kind of this uh, best of both worlds is what he was suggesting that you get the speed and flexibility of the cloud with the control and customization of premises based is what he was trying to describe with this application platform model. And it actually sounded very familiar to what Cisco, and I know we're not talking about Cisco, but just this, but to what Cisco had presented uh, with their uh, um, voice mesh technology. Uh, uh, I think the, can't remember if the voice mesh is yeah. the new name or the old name, but but basically trying to combine the premises-based benefits with the cloud-based benefits. And and the actual presentations, although the technologies were totally different and the use cases were totally different, the, the story was very similar about, you know, bringing the best of both premises and cloud together into this next generation. Uh, and and I, I really felt that that was, uh, you know, almost identical stories. Yeah, you know, and, and they, it does tell a good vision, and I agree, and they're doing a good job of articulating that over at, at Twilio, but the devil's in the details. And if you look at some of the, the messaging they were saying that the premise tends to be static, it's hard to deploy and everything else, and that SaaS makes it easier, then you make the argument that SaaS, make, you know, with Twilio's application platform makes it more like premise. It, it, it didn't really connect for me there. And I think what they're really getting at is that 
you've got the programmability where you can effectively say on my dashboard for my agent, I don't want this component. I'm going to, I'm going to mix it this way, or I'm going to have some kind of workflow that determines how my, my application interface gets instantiated. And that is a whole new uh, concept uh, in terms of, of doing that in the call center in that way. I'm not familiar with anyone who's actually said programmability is our key differentiator within that. So I think that is new. But again, I think it's a limited addressable market in terms of people who want that now versus people who are going to go and, and stick with their traditional contact center solutions that are out there. So what's exciting for you right now, Jason? Are you, are you, uh, uh, you're a free agent. Uh, yes. You're probably looking for something that you consider really interesting and exciting. So give us an idea of what you consider really interesting and exciting in the industry right now. Yeah, well, I see the whole UCAS space right now is still very, I, I think, wide open. It's still early days in terms of the market that's out there and the players and the kind of consolidation that's going to happen. So I think there's big opportunities in that space still out there. And you can see that by Cisco's acquisition of Broadsoft and some of the movements in the market. I think you're going to continue to see bold moves in that space uh, going forward. I also think- You know, uh, I want to stop you right there. I'll stop you there yeah. on, on uh, industry consolidation because we've been talking about industry consolidation for quite some time. You know, Mitel's been acquiring lots of UC companies and, and we've seen the UCAS space consolidating. Uh, what's really surprising uh, recently, in fact, uh, uh, you know, this year specifically is that Google and Zoom have launched net new UCAS services. They're not doing acquisitions. Are we, are we going to see more acquisitions uh, you know, is it just going to be marketplace, business, you know, just, just buying customers or is there, is there technology acquisition? Because, because Google and uh, Zoom basically said concluded, they basically concluded that it would be better to build something new than try to acquire some technology. Yeah. And, and I think if in most of the space on the consolidation side, it is about uh, customer acquisition or even segment acquisition. Right. And that's what's driving it. It's not really the technologies. In fact, a lot of the companies are saying we're ending up with too many different architectures and too many different ways of doing this. And to try and consolidate all of that doesn't make sense. So therefore, what you can do today and standing on the shoulders of cloud and everything else, the architecture you can actually deploy today is 10 times better than what was done even five years ago from an architecture perspective. So I could see why Zoom and, and Google might take that approach because the, the acquisitions for them are very different in terms of what they'd be looking to do. And it's not a technology play. It's a, it, it is a end user and, and market segment. Hey Jason, uh, let, me, let me ask you, what's your take on the Alexa slash voice first movement and it's, you know, massive adoption in the home. Do you think that's going to hit the enterprise and the contact center finally in, in, a, in a big way? Or are we still going to be talking about the same, uh, same movement in 10 years? Cause this has been a 20 year, movement of voice applications and uh you know we, we've made progress but it's it's by no means been a revolution right so have we finally finally hit home with natural language and ai and the alexa devices and that and the whole wave of uh, voice interfaces that we're seeing out there yeah I, I think the voice interface first movement is a ways off there, there's a long ways to go in terms of solving complex customer issues that are traditionally handled in the call center where I think AI is going to come in and some of these technologies is more augmented training of agents. So yeah. taking your classic agent and turning them into a super agent, providing them the tools, the training that can be repeatable and, and usable, but then still having that individual handle that interaction. I think we're going to see that for a while as a transition into pure voice interfaces that still could take a decade from now as well before they're really at the point where they can handle all the issues. Oh, that's great. I'm so I, I'm still surprised that when I asked you what's got you so excited, you said UCAS. Didn't didn't you get the memo that UCAS is dead? I mean, 
Well, I mean, if you look at, you know, just watching Jeff over at SignalConf and talking about how communications is changing the world and how it's becoming more open and capable and getting interweaved more in how we do business every day, how we interact with people. I think we're just beginning to realize some of the, the capabilities are there and some of the transformations we can make. I, I think it's still early days in terms of the technology and how it can do things. I agree that some of the old ways of doing things uh, uh, are, are on a dead end over time in terms of premise and things like that compared to what you can do in SaaS and the cloud. Uh, but I still think there's tremendous opportunity in the space. So, so you consider UCAS and CPAS kind of similar. You don't, I mean, a lot of people consider them very separate, but when I ask you about UCAS, you go right to go right back to signal. Uh, yep. uh, so let me ask you about that. Cause this is a big part of the Vonage message is that, you know, Vonage basically is saying that, that UCAS, CPAS and, and video are really just uh, merging into one. And, you know, certainly we saw Zoom introduce uh, voice. Uh, we've seen lots of UCAS companies introduce video. Uh, CPAS is becoming, you know, uh, it's still kind of mostly separate, but we're certainly seeing a higher degree of APIs and programmability in these solutions. So, so do, you, do, you, do you consider these separate industries still, or, do you, or, or are you just looking at, are you just calling UCAS everything? I, I see them being the same industry in many ways, where you've had different companies taking different approaches to get there, whether you're exposing the intrinsics and the base building blocks of, of communication, or whether you're doing ready-made applications. And I think the winners are going to be the ones that can provide both, because you're going to want the ability to have finished applications to address certain market segments. But when you get into like the enterprise and other spaces, having programmability, workflow capability, and, and plugging it into different contexts you haven't even thought about before, I think those are going to be the winners in the space over time that get that. And I have seen Vonage really come out with that strongly recently as well. So instead of asking you what's the next Twilio, I'm going to ask you what's the next Tropo, which is the next, the next big company that has a bright future, excuse me, the next company that has a bright future that will likely get acquired and derailed. <laughs> well, there, there's several players out there, and I, I think I mentioned it before in the podcast that I see – kind of coming up in the same space if we talk about the segment that Tropo and Twilio and the others played in, and that's SignalWire, which is the uh, folks that were behind FreeSwitch and several other startups kind of getting back in the game and realizing there's going to be an opportunity for a pure play uh, platform again as Twilio kind of moves up that value stack. And if you look at Twilio, they're out there acquiring uh, companies like Yitka. I don't know if I pronounced it right, but it was the call center analytics software company, which oh, came yeah. from their developer uh, WFO company. Exactly. WFO, call center analytics and the like. But what that means is they're acquiring from within their developer community, which means they are competing with their developer community. And you have other ones coming in and saying, no, we're going to continue to serve the developer, provide those intrinsics. We're not going to move up that space. And, and you're going to see a different approach there uh, doing that. And I think that's the cost of being a public company for Twilio and having to drive certain growth metrics uh, that they couldn't do as a pure play platform where they are right now. So that, that you just touched on something big with, with Twilio. Um, not only are they acquiring their partners, or at least their, their partner. I don't know if that was more of a technology acquisition or, or an aqua hire, but, but, uh, but certainly with the launch of Flex, they are competing with their partners. And, you know, yes, we've with got, their ISPs, yep. Uh, yeah, we've got like, uh, like uh, what, TalkDesk. Uh, uh, yeah. Now, they're, now TalkDesk is built. TalkDesk is really kind of in a unique situation because they've got investor venture capital from Salesforce. They're, they're running on Twilio and, uh, and, in, and now Twilio is competing with them. Uh, and now, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Vonage is, is, is uh, moved into the uh, Salesforce space. So it's, it's really kind of a complicated, incestuous uh, environment there. 
but 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 is that is that going to hurt Twilio acquiring these companies, or do you think it's a a, a smart move? I, I think on their part, it's a smart move, right? They're very big in the space, and for them to get that that growth that they need for the markets, they've got to start building more businesses and moving up that value chain for them because they're at a very different part of their, their business cycle, I'd say. So I think they're making the right moves and what they need to do, but there is going to be that transition of disenfranchising the existing developer community. That's going to create opportunities for others out there as they make that transition. So in your next job, which, which uh, I'm sure we'll hear about soon, is your next job going to be, are you going to go back to being a nerdy, geeky engineer or do you want to stay with this VP CEO type of uh, stuff? I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, it's kind of nice because you were able to get yourself a new Tesla with this whole Cisco stuff. But then the first thing you did with it was like integrate it with your echo and, and make it yeah, come yeah. to you when you called it, uh, you know, so it, it, where, where's your heart at? Do you want to be in management or do you want to be an engineer? It's both. And I think uh, staying close to the technology and understanding it and watching the trends and, you know, my, my coding right now is pretty much with my kids and, you know, hacky projects at home and things like that, but I'm using relevant technologies. And I think that makes me stronger in the general management position because one, it buys you credibility with the engineers that you can actually sit down and do a code review with them, but also gives you the business acumen to understand that how these technologies can impact your business, what's coming over the horizon, what you might be able to improve in, within your own efficiency and the like. So I think the answer is still both for me, and that's what I've always been doing up until this point. So, so Jason, you're sort of the Elon Musk of the communications platform arena. Is that, is that <laughs> a fair uh, but that's what I analogy? Yep, uh, all right, great. Well, I look forward to your tweets. Just don't get sued for $20 million on any Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Let me ask you geographically, you know, Jason, you moved from uh, Denver, which is, you know, the capital of the tech, tech world. Um, uh, you, you moved from Denver to San Francisco when you were part of the Voxio Labs movement. Uh, is, is that still the best place to be in the tech community? I mean, there a lot, there's, a, there's a lot of people that think you have to be in San Francisco, but it's just so ridiculously expensive and, and so crazy there. Uh, if you were starting a new company yourself, would you be in San Francisco or would you go someplace more sane? Well, there's the personal question of, well, I moved from Denver to San Francisco, then Europe for 10 years, then back to San Francisco. So I've actually come back to San Francisco twice. Uh, but if you look at Tropo, the way we did it is we hired the best talent where we could find it. Uh, the management team happened to be in San Francisco, but we had people in Beijing, in Atlanta, in Dallas, over in Singapore, and we were able to manage that team disparately. And that's how we got to know things like Slack so well and then Spark, which became WebEx Teams and like, because you have to have these, these workflow messaging environments or work stream messaging environments to be able to manage disparate teams. So I think what the, the Apple adage of designed in California, but built elsewhere is still relevant because the ecosystem out here in the Bay Area is second to none in the world, just in terms of the venture capitalists, the people that come through here, the attention it gets. It's a very unique environment, and I think the smart uh, venture folks and the smart entrepreneurs are realizing I can have development in Beijing if I have a strong leadership team that knows how to do that or in other parts of the country, and you start to diversify your, your work base. Now, for me personally, I've got kids in school, so I'm going to be here for a while, but I would be open to move elsewhere like Austin or something like that. So I, I do think there's a lot more flexibility now, and it's going to become more so over time. My suggestion, Jason, Boston, the hub of the universe World Series champions <laughs> and a fantastic weather, especially in the winter. Beautiful climate. Oh, that's true. That's go true. go yeah, from the exactly. capital of raw fish to the capital of cooked fish. There you go. <laughs> uh, I'll take barbecue. 
Austin, you guys, two references to Austin. Yeah, so um, Austin actually has a pretty vibrant community. You're right. I, I, I like Austin, and uh, um, there, there's, there, there seems to be uh, – and Boulder. I'm going to say Austin and Boulder. Yeah, Boulder. Yeah. Often in the same sentence. Uh, both seem to have a pretty strong uh, startup community right now. Um, so uh, <laughs> I don't have a question. <laughs> So Jason, why not just why not just relax on the beach? I mean, you've been at big companies like Cisco, you know, not not exactly uh, a walk in the park on a day to day basis. Why not take some time off, relax, uh, chill out, do some fun coding projects? Well, that's you know. easy one, Evan. The beaches in San Francisco are too cold. <laughs> well, they're still nice. You can sit there and watch the the whales and stuff like that. No, exactly. Me, I'm, <laughs> I'm still very much uh, passionate about the technology and I would hate to waste all of the experience and credibility I now have as my career has gone on and what I can do now. So every time I, I move on to the next phase, I can have an even bigger impact over time. And uh, so for me, I'm not retiring anytime soon and uh, I'm, I'm definitely all feed in right now in finding what my next thing is. And I have a lot of interesting things that I'm working on. Great. Well, tweet it out as soon as you, uh, Announce it. We'll be the first to retweet you. That that's our there mission you go. here. Actually, that's actually, my tweeting, tweeting is a really interesting question. There, I got a question for you. But you've you've been on Twitter a long time, Jason, and yeah. and uh, the folks at Voxio were pretty good about being on Twitter. Cisco was really good about being on Twitter. Um, most companies in our space are not really uh, very socially active. Do you any thoughts on that one? Yeah, that's that's a good question. Uh, at Tropa, we were. I think Twilio has been pretty good at it. I think it's more those that are closer to the, the web development space rather than the traditional enterprise space that have struggled a little bit. Because even at Cisco, it was a bit famed. They were really having to try hard to make it credible, right? Versus someone like Twilio or Tropa, we had an authentic voice. So it's when you can really have that authentic voice coming from kind of startup, the developer community, and really getting how that social media works, then coming in from the more stodgy, shall we say, enterprise side of the world where it's a little bit harder to to have that authentic voice. Inside. That's a great point. And I, I've been on Twitter for 10 years. It never really struck me. It's, it's, uh, it's really developers. Developers love social yeah. Twitter in particular, and there's great community there. And that's where they tend to congregate. It's uh, an yeah. interesting perspective. So then in that CPAS space, now there's actually quite a few companies. We've got Vonage, we've got uh, Plevo, we've got a whole bunch of them. Um, what do you think of the CPAS space? Yeah, I think from the CPAS perspective, there is room for, for a few large players to continue to evolve there. I think what we're seeing with Twilio right now is they're having to move up the value chain into more application or solution spaces like we're seeing with their Flex product and, and the like. So the question will be, how much do these companies focus on a pure play platform where the developers are their customers? Or do they start competing with their developers and their existing customers as they move up that value chain? And I think that's where we're going to see some of the evolution. But there's definitely room out there as a pure platform play for for several players, in my opinion. So you mentioned a couple of projects you're working on, but you didn't really give us any details. Are, are you uh, you you have a you have like you like one of these James Bond villains where you have a, a door you open up and there's all these guys doing kung fu behind it or something? What's what's going on? Yeah, there, there's there's some things like that. Yes, and uh, it really is a scenario where I'm looking at what I may be doing on my own going forward, right? In terms of some of the ideas I've got percolating there as well as some significant opportunities out in the industry as well that are also very compelling. So I'm really looking at all sides of it and making sure that what I do next, I'm all in for another five to 10 years. I don't want to do something that, you know, I lose interest in relatively quickly. I want to make sure what I do next is going to deliver the next iteration in my career as well. And is that, and that, let's get back to what I was asking you earlier. So is that, 
is that something we know and see today, like a like a UCAS or video or CPAS, or is that something that we're not seeing yet today that is still uh, under the radar? It could be either one. In the former, in terms of existing UCAS, it's a team that actually gets what's coming over the horizon and has the vision and fortitude to actually realize it. And there are some opportunities out there percolating up. Or is it, do you go in and you play to the puck and you do something that's going to be the, the play over the horizon and take the next two to three years to develop that? And I'm also looking at that space as well. So I, I, so I, 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 I predict Jason will come out with a crypto-enabled IoT-based voice CPAS play, Dave. That, that is my uh, prediction Sorry, for the next. And, 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 and it's going to be a puck. I heard him say puck. Uh, it's gonna right, be, right. Puck. And I was saying, you know, I think crypto-based IoT voice-enabled CPAS is your next play. I, I think that's really good. It'll be big. We, have, we haven't really talked about Zoom much. And, and, and see, one, one of the things I, really want, I want to talk to you about are these other companies because while you're in this free agent state, you can, you can do that. Once you get, you know, badge, a new business card that has some competitor on it, you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to say things. So, so Zoom has, you know, been this little niche player that all of a sudden seems to have everybody terrified. Uh, they seem to have the video guys terrified. They seem to have the UCAS guys now terrified. Uh, the, the traditional conferencing guys, the, particularly the audio conferencing guys, seem terrified. Zoom seems seems unstoppable. Um, do you, do you do you feel uh, the same way about Zoom? Is that is that a fair way to describe them? Well, you know, I, I've got special knowledge where I wouldn't say they're they're unstoppable, given where I've been working before, right? But I would say they're capturing the imagination of, of people out there. They're really the ones that people are saying, oh. They get the new user experience. Eric does a great job in terms of the culture he builds and how he approaches customers. And that kind of shows through and how Zoom is doing that. And the larger companies, you know, incumbents in the space have a hard time adjusting to that as quickly. So I think it's really their, their approach and methodology and really rethinking the user experience that are giving them the edge in creating that perception of unstoppability. But everyone can make a misstep, of course, along the way. People can wake up and figure out what they need to be doing. But I do think they definitely got the edge at the moment. And Zoom's another great company that gets social media. I mean, Eric yes. is all over social daily. They have hundreds of thousands of Twitter followers. Uh, they engage with their audience. I mean, what, a, what an example of how to do social business right. Yeah, and he's out there actually being a visionary beyond what they're doing in, in Zoom as well. He recently had a uh, blog post that he wrote around the corporate culture he's building and how to build leadership and the like. And it, it, it's very prescient and it's great. And it just kind of, you can see how that's infused, infused through the, the Zoom culture as well. Uh, what, what stars come to mind? I, we've talked about Tulio and Zoom. We've talked about Vonage. What, what, what stars, uh, when you say companies that kind of get it, that have this momentum, uh, is there, rather than me feeding you questions about specific companies, any companies kind of on top of your mind that, that you think are doing really well? Well, I, I think you named the, the key ones that are that are publicly known doing that. And I think others are beginning to make moves and wake up to that. And uh, I don't want to uh, divulge too much or mention names in, in that space. Uh, but I do think uh, you'll be seeing, you know, some interesting things happening out there in the marketplace where everyone, I think, is beginning to wake up to what needs to be done in terms of looking at CPAS and, and UCAS and kind of everything coming together uh, within that. All right. So, uh uh, well, let's wrap up this podcast with a couple personal questions. Uh, what is on top of your list for the next thing you're going to buy, the next techie thing that you're going to buy? 
Well, I just bought my techie thing I wanted. It's a Blackmagic uh, design cinema 4K camera that I've got. I've been big into photography. Now I'm I was going to say, I was going to guess like that, a right? camera, but I thought it was going to be a Nikon. <laughs> but, okay, go now, ahead. Yeah, and I can, I can reuse my Leica glass on it. Even though it's a four-thirds uh, micro format, I can put my uh, M lenses on it. So it's, what, what, uh, it's Black Magic, is that, What is Blackmagic? Is that a brand? Yeah, Blackmagic Design is a brand, and they've been known for high-end cinema cameras. They've been out there competing with the likes of RED in that kind of space. And their uh, Blackmagic uh, Cinema Pocket Camera is more of a, a prosumer. Uh, it has a lot of you know, uh, uh, professional features to it, but someone like me can actually pick it up and start using it. But I'm actually looking forward to the new RED uh, uh, holographic smartphone that's coming out on Friday. There you so go. We'll see. Yep. That'll we'll see how that performs. Okay, and, and, and one last personal question. What is your next big, not necessarily your next trip, but your next big fantasy trip that you're going to take? Where's it going to be to? Uh, well, I'm going to be very uh, uh, pedestrian. I'm taking my kids to Disneyland in November before uh, the Thanksgiving time frame. And I'm uh, really looking forward to that. That is the most, the worst answer I was, <laughs> I, 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 you know. <laughs> Come on, Dave. He hasn't been to Orlando enough in the telecom. He's in uh, he's California. He's not going to Orlando. But I, I, oh, I, I think wrong, wrong yeah, place. Yeah, going to L.A. Going to L.A., yep. Yeah. And, and Disneyland has uh, star tours where, where Disney World, you have to pay extra for that. that, that yeah, yeah Disneyland's definitely the way to go. The original. The and then, original and then after that, I want to go to the Maldives. That's where I want to go for the, the splashy one. Which one? The, the Maldives? Yep. Nice. That's nice. I, 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 was, I had a great vacation to the Seychelles about 23 years ago, and I've been determined yep. to get back ever since. I'm not doing so good, but uh, I've never been to the Maldives. But they're, but they're yeah, there aren't, there, there aren't too many UC vendors in the Seychelles, Dave, so and you need to find us. There's a conference there. I don't understand why nobody will have a conference there. Huh? <laughs> It'd be a great place. All right. Well, thank you, Jason. Appreciate your time with us, uh, and uh, wish you the best of luck with your with your job search, and keep us posted. All right, absolutely, and thanks for the time. I enjoyed the conversation. Thank you. Thanks. You want some information, some kind of conversation. Bye.